uh, the Calgary Flames falling last night in overtime. And I'm trying to tell people in this town that it's a good team with a great coach. They'll be fine. But they get a little irrational around here, Lou, when the Flames lose a few games. No. Man, you've noticed. No, really. The Canadian markets are really easy, Rod, especially when there's Woo. high expectations. At least they came away with a point because it would have been disastrous had they not. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the RP Show. Coming at you live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino. A couple shows left here in Calgary's entertainment destination. And, uh, yeah, and then Great Cup Week. We got an awesome show lined up for you. Our good friend Arnie Jackson is here, minus the cowboy hat. He just poked his head out here on the stage. He'll be with us in hour one. And Mike Moore, the general manager of the Calgary Hitmen, the Calgary Wranglers, the Calgary Roughnecks. Three teams he's the general manager of. Morrissey's going to be with us an hour or two. There's a lot to get to with him. Let's bring in from the NHL's uh, Bermuda Triangle, uh, Darren Moose Dupont. Hey, Moose, how you doing? I'm hearing everybody saying how cold it is. What's it in the Bermuda Triangle right now? Yeah, it's pretty similar, Rod. It's chilly. Snow's still here. It feels like it's here for good. It really does. Okay, uh, <laughs> gotcha. Well, listen, we open the microphones here. We're we're on Game Plus Television, WQE Radio. We got people writing in from Atlanta already. Howdy down there in the Big Peach. I'll say that I'm opening the microphone. Tired, Moose. Tired. Okay. Not physically, not mentally, just emotionally. Because we've hit a peak of life here where every single thing I say now is criticized by some people. So I'm at a point now where I'm just going to just shut them all off. Didn't you say a while back I should turn off my mentions? I don't even know how That's to do right. that. I don't even know what that. I don't even know what that means. But I think I'm about to do that because I said in the '80s wearing Cooperalls for those that don't know the hockey pants that were actual pants that went right down to your ankles was a status symbol, and believe me, they were. And people are writing me, no, they weren't, Rod. That's why they didn't last. Okay, maybe not in your world, because you don't know what it's like to be cool. But in the 80s, if you had Cooperalls, you were cool. And the Philly Flyers <laughs> are bringing them back. But people that don't know cool, they will never, ever be convinced of that. So beyond that, can we hit the quick six show horn, uh, Director Jordan? And let's get into it, please, and thank you. Uh, for those that don't know yet, this is the... Let's get it up. Let's get the viewership up. Tell your friends Rod and Moose are live and Rod's annoyed with people. And that's always entertaining for everybody. (laughs) Oh, we lost Rod, which lets me talk about Cooper alls for a second. And you know, it's funny. Um, We'll get him back here logged in in just a second. Must just be an internet issue Um, down at the gray Eagle. But, um, Cooperalls are interesting because they probably were cool in the 80s. I wasn't born till 87. So for me, growing up in the 90s and then the early 2000s, Cooperalls weren't cool then anymore. Cooperalls were um, what my sister wore playing ringette. Those are the only time we saw the Cooperalls was the ringette players. That was my sister wearing Cooperalls, right? So Cooperalls weren't cool for me, but in the 80s, I bet you they were cool. And I believe they got rid of Cooperalls because of um, how slippery they were and it, it became a danger thing i think but i'm not really sure so we'll find out about that hopefully we'll get rod back here so we can uh, uh find out what happened at the calgary wranglers game last night he was there mike moore of course the gm of the wranglers calgary's american hockey league affiliate in their first season in calgary at the saddle dome 
Um, he'll be alongside in hour two. Um, great chance to be texting back and forth with their head coach, Mitch Love, who was formerly head coach in the Western Hockey League of uh, the Saskatoon Blades, assistant coach with the Everett Silvertips, uh, texting back and forth with him. Seems like things are pretty good in Calgary. So that will be interesting to have the chat with him as well. The Flames falling uh, last night again, this time 3-2. to two. The Oilers win last night. So we'll get thoughts on those two games. Oilers going one way, Flames going the other. And I think Rod's ready to jump back in. Let me pass the uh, baton back yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, great job, Governor. Where did I leave you at? What was the last thing you heard? Uh, you, you talked, no, you got through the Cooperalls and then we got to the quick six show topics. And I just told everybody the flip side of the Cooperalls was by the time <laughs> I saw them in the late 90s, was that was what my sister wore playing ringettes. So it'll only be the young demographic that thinks they're not cool. I assume everybody a little bit older will think they're awesome. Okay, now we really got to fly. So the, the morning skate from last night, Riley Smith scoring his second of the game, came 23 seconds into overtime, and the Golden Knights beat the Leafs 4-3. We have our top five and bottom five coming up, and we're having an earthquake, Moose. We're having an earthquake with... Seismic changes in the top five and the bottom five in the NHL. So hold on for that. Uh, in Newark, New Jersey, Nico Heischer scored off a rush with 8-10 to play in New Jersey. Won at seventh straight, 3-2 over the Flames. Nothing against the Flames broadcast crew, but <laughs> I was listening to them on the way into the Wranglers game, and they were chortling, and they were laughing at how much better they were on this night than Saturday against the Devils. And then, <laughs> oops, they did it again. And the Flames have lost six in a row. In Tampa, Connor McDavid had a goal and an assist to lead Edmonton past Tampa Bay 3-2. Warren Fogle and Leon Dreisaitl also scored Jack. Campbell stopped 35 shots for the Oilers, who had lost three in a row. And, of course, ugly incident with Evander Kane leaving the game after being cut on the left wrist by a skate blade. But Evander uh, announcing this morning via his social media that he's fine, sent out a statement. Elsewhere in Detroit... Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki scored in the shootout to lift Montreal past Detroit 3-2. In Ottawa, Bo Horvat scored twice. Vancouver rallied to beat Ottawa 6-4. And in Winnipeg, Mark Scheifele scored twice in Winnipeg's four-goal second period. Winnipeg beat Dallas 5-1. And I'm just going to throw this in because it's ebbs. Out there in the Emerald City, Seattle, Washington, Jordan Everly scored two of Seattle's four goals in the first period. And the Kraken won their fifth straight 5-1 over Nashville. So I um, overreaction time for everybody. We're going to get into far more of this. Arnie's here. Are you wearing Wranglers, Arnie? It looks like you are. Yeah, yeah, of course he is. It's Arnie Jackson. We're going to get into more <laughs> Oilers and Flames with Arnie when he joins us here next, actually for the next three segments, Moose. So I just want to tell you that Kinsman Telemiracle online 50-50 raffle is back. It's the third straight year we're done it. We're excited to announce that the 50-50 raffle is live now for Telemiracle 47. And we're starting it this year at $100,000. The winner's going to take half this pot. You can go to telemiracle5050.com right now to buy your tickets. Purchase can, uh, tickets can be purchased by anyone over the age of 19. they got to physically be in the province of Saskatchewan. We air all across Saskatchewan, obviously through the podcast, through YouTube, and also on Sastel Max Television on Game Plus every day. So if you're in Sask, get your tickets we're going to draw on my birthday, Friday, December 16th. It was so nice that they're going to do that. Our first two 50-50 raffles sold over a million dollars, so let's up that. Where are we going, Moose? Higher. Hell Don't yes. leave me hanging. We're going higher. Okay, moving on to point two. 
It's the top five teams in the National Hockey League as we sit here opening the fifth week of the regular season. Are you ready? Number one, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. Canada's team, Arnie. They've won eight in a row. They're number one in the NHL and the hottest team in the NHL. Number two, the Boston Bruins, best start in franchise history. Number one in the East. Number three, the New Jersey Devils. Seven in a row is seven in a row. Who knows how long it'll last, but they're hot now. Third hottest team in the NHL. Number four, the Winnipeg Jets. They keep winning. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Can I say this, Moose? Sixth best record in the NHL. Sixth best. Enjoy it while it lasts. And the fifth best team, number one in the Central, is nothing to sneeze at. It's the Dallas Stars. But they lost in Winnipeg last night, so we can't put them ahead of Winnipeg. So one Vegas, two Boston, three New Jersey, four Winnipeg, five Dallas. Any arguments? No, I don't actually. And, and having the Jets in there is huge. You talk about seismic shifts. We lost the Rangers out of there, the Flames, the Oilers, all falling out of the top five. And that's where you're going to see a lot of movement. So move them out, shuffle in New Jersey, Dallas, and uh, and uh, the Winnipeg Jets, and, and let's roll. I like it. Let's see the bottom five. I, I know there's a lot of people here for football, so we'll get to that. Here are your bottom five teams in the NHL, starting with the 28th team in the NHL, the St. Louis Blues, losers of eight in a row. They're clearly going the wrong way. I don't know if they can turn this around. 29th team, the Ottawa Senators, losers of six in a row. They are what we thought they were, the Ottawa Senators. The 30th team in the NHL, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the losers of five in a row. Has anybody seen Johnny Hockey? The second worst team in the NHL is the Anaheim Ducks, four, eight, and one. Bill Parcells said it first. John Lynch made it famous. You are what your record says you are. And the worst team in the NHL is the San Jose Sharks, who, if you look, they played more games than anybody else, and they have the worst record in the National Hockey League. So the 32nd teams, the San Jose Sharks. Our NHL coverage brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, the preferred plumbing, heating, and cooling company, the RP Show. If you know, you know. Hiring now. Find out everything you need to know about Bronco at broncoplumbing.com and our Facebook and Instagram pages. Moose, um, we're moving on to football here. Number three, the Maple Missile. Tell me you heard that nickname for Curtis Rourke before Tuesday because I didn't. Had you heard they were calling this kid from the Ohio Bobcats the Maple Missile? I heard it this morning. That was it. Maple Missile and WestJet. What a brotherly combo that is. How about that? Nobody ever listens to the nicknames I give people, and that's fine. Me and Rod Black are the same that way. The Maple Missile. That's old school. That's like from the 1950s. Yeah. So Curtis Rourke of the Ohio, Placeline, Oxford, Ohio. Curtis Rourke threw for 363 yards and three touchdowns, and Ohio beat Miami of Ohio 37-21 on Tuesday night in MAC conference play. Jacoby Jones made a diving catch in the end zone, his second score of the game with 12 minutes to go in the fourth to extend Ohio's lead to 31-14. They went on to romp 37-21. I came home from the Calgary Wranglers game last night where I had a great chat with Richard Preston, the son of the greatest general manager in Saskatchewan Rough Riders history, Ken Preston. Rico was there scouting for the Anaheim Ducks. I came home, flipped this game on. Fairly wild ending, but the Maple Missile wasn't having any of it, what Miami of Ohio was trying to do. And he looked calm. They say he's better than his brother, the Maple Missile. Do we have any idea who came up with that nickname? Because I want to buy him 
something. Hoo-ah. Maybe a lunch or whatever. Like that, I, that's so much better than Kid Canada. Like Kid Canada? Really? Really? A grade oneer could come up with that. The maple missile takes some time, Moose. Yeah. Did you watch so it? Good, the maple missile. I did. I watched a little bit of it for sure. And, uh, you know, the kid can throw and sling it coming off the five touchdown performances the week before. Um, oh, man. Could you imagine? You know, and then let's let somebody like the Ottawa Red Blacks or the Toronto Argonauts get a hold of him and let's let Nathan stay in Vancouver and maybe we get some great, great cup matchups because, uh, yeah, I like WestJet because he's on the West Coast and I love the Maple Missile. Those are two great names. WestJet was perfect, but nobody was picking up on that from WestJet didn't even acknowledge that was my nickname for Nathan Rourke. So anyways, people are asking, when's Curtis Rourke eligible for the CFL draft? I don't know. I'm not a scout. Maybe some of the football people can tell us. First, a word from our sponsors, Edo Japan. Delicious Japanese-inspired meals and snacks made to order with high-quality ingredients. Point four, the Toronto Raptors return home for a visit from the Houston Rockets tonight. The Raptors have won four of five at Scotiabank Arena. They're coming off a road loss at Chicago. But who cares about them? Here come the Hawks! The Atlanta Hawks are home to the Utah Jazz tonight. And Moose, the Jazz are 9-3, and three, number one team in the Western Conference. Arnie, what year is it? The Utah Jazz are number one in the West. Is Jerry Sloan coaching them again? Did they go to short shorts? And they're taking on the Atlanta Hawks tonight, who are fourth in the East. This, my friends, is the NBA's featured game tonight. Before we move on to just a CFL note, before I let you go, Moose, New York Fries is a proud member of the Calgary community and to give back. They're hosting free public skating opportunities at ice rinks around Calgary, open to families and the general public in support for kids sport. Calgary, visit FamilySkateYYC.com for a full list of times and locations presented by New York Fries. Without a word of a lie, as God is my witness, I was talking to my sponsor this morning. I said I was coming back to Regina and he said, for what? He's in Regina, Darren. <laughs> so tell oh me, what's my. the Grey Cup? What's the Grey Cup buzz uh, with the two minutes we have left here? As we're down to the final four. You know, I know. S- yeah, I know some people that are uh, on that Grey Cup committee doing a hell of a job getting everything up and and you know doing some really great things. But overall, in the city, there's not a lot of buzz. I, I, I have to say, unfortunately, there's just not a lot of buzz yet. Um, I'd like to think that when everybody starts rolling into town on Monday, that it's going to get moving. I, I, I'd like to hope that. But so far, it, it feels, I hope to calm before the storm, but it's very, very calm right now. Well, that sucks. From Darren in Utah watching Game Plus TV, he says, no one knows who plays for the Jazz, not even us here in Utah. <laughs> well, maybe you better pick it up. <laughs> Because they're the number one team in the Western Conference. I just figured that out today. Uh, from Andrew Stout, he says, no buzz in Regina. I have not heard anything about it. From Rich Robertson in Edmonton, he said, what is this Grey Cup you speak of? Regarding the nickname WestJet from Wayne in BC. Well, Rod, I loved WestJet. From Elam Wilson says, WestJet is fantastic. I think nobody jumped on it just because I was the one that came up with it. If I had come up with Maple Missile, nobody would be talking about it right now. But I'm not smart or creative enough to come up with a Maple Missile. 
Because it could very easily be Nathan's nickname. I think it's fantastic, man. It's so, so good. So good. We had, we had to get an American to come up with a maple missile nickname. That, that is embarrassing to me, Moose. I know. I know. It, like that we couldn't do that in our own thing. And I, after Mapletron, though, so maybe they just went off of that. But still, it's still very creative to go with Maple Missile. I think that's a grill. And the WestJet thing, it just hasn't taken off yet. Still lots of opportunity. What's uh, WQEE Rock saying down there? I missed it. Ryan R. Radio on the air in Atlanta right now. I can't see it because my computer monitor. Time for another great show. Thank you, Ryan R. Radio. Uh, last one here. Jennifer in the Four Seasons says, no buzz in Regina because the riders are not in it. <laughs> Wrong answer, Jen. We weren't in it in 95. We weren't in it in 03. And those great cups were bangers. Wrong answer. Moose, I'll see you later in hour two. Later. All right. Arnie Jackson in next. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. And Mike Moore in hour two. It's the RP Show live from the Stage Bar, Great Eagle Resort and Casino on Game Plus TV, your favorite podcast platform, YouTube and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. New York Fries is a proud member of the Calgary community, and to give back, they're hosting free public skating opportunities at ice rinks around Calgary. Open to families and the general public in support for Kids Sport Calgary. Visit FamilySkateYYC.com for a full list of times and locations. Presented by New York Fries. You're looking live at Great Eagle Resort and Casino. We're live on this beautiful Wednesday. I would say morning, but we are uh, in the afternoon to our Eastern viewers. And by the way, Angelo is a listener down in Atlanta, WQEE. Writes in and says, I missed a few shows, but I guess you heard the Atlanta Gladiators bought one-day rights from the Winnipeg Jets to have Thrasher's Night on December 16th. I might have to take the trek down there to Atlanta for that night for the pro team in Atlanta now having Winnipeg Jets and Thrasher's Night. I love it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, can we get on the screen the great Arnie Jackson? And I say great for a lot of reasons. How you doing, Arnie? I'm doing well, thank you. You don't even realize that I think this, but I just want to tell the viewers that, you know, we're getting a lot of plaudits, those of us that are out doing our own thing now in the broadcast world. Arnie is the OG of freelancing and doing his own thing, man. You're the original gangster. You've been running, doing it for 40 years. Hey? Pretty much, yes. 40 years. And he brought me these rodeo programs from the Canadian Finals Rodeo. We will get to that. But as one of the viewers said here earlier, hockey lives everywhere. And it's really living here in Calgary, but they are upset. The Flames have lost six in a row. Yeah, and I think it's just that time of the year when they're getting to know each other, trying to figure out who skates... Whose stick handles right, left, uh, who's in the spot and who's not. And 
the old word gel comes to mind. They have to gel together. We've got lots of new players amongst the Calgary Flames team. So uh, it'll take a little while. I'm not terribly surprised. I think by Christmas they'll have it all finished and figured out. Uh, Daryl is not a quitter. He will not give up on the guys. He believes in them. He believes that they can be better than they are. And he'll keep instrumentally working to that end. We got... Arnie with us till the top of the hour, so there's a lot of things that we're going to get into this guy. That's the respect I have for this guy. He covers all the sports. He goes to all the Flames games. And, you know, just before we do jump back into the National Hockey League, because I think that's what a lot of people have come here today to talk about. And, of course, the Oilers won, and the Jets are the number one team in Canada as we speak. Looked like quite a week up in Red Deer, so we should mention that. Oh, no question about it. Uh, 48th year for the Canadian Finals Rodeo at uh, where the Red Deer Rebels of the uh, Western Hockey League play. And I think they've really found a new home there the first couple of years. And then we missed one year because of COVID. Uh, Not sure whether it was going to take on, but uh, they've made some alterations. They do two performances on the Saturday now. They start at noon. That accommodates those who maybe want to view it because it is now live on television, especially in Eastern markets, because that's at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Sportsnet, Cowboy Channel, what? What's it on? Um, And Flow. Flow TV? Flow Rodeo, yes. Oh, cool. So lots of coverage for it. And by starting at noon, those who have to travel can get away by 3 or 3.30 in the afternoon and get home, even on the final championship Sunday afternoon. So uh, lots of good things that they're doing. And, and I think they're listening to the fans, those who really support the sport oh. and trying to respond to them. They do that? Some organizations do, do that? They do that. Wow. Well, and by the way, Arnie knows that I really like rodeo, but as I told my brother, a competitive team wrestler, uh, sorry, team roper and steer wrestler, I was sitting on his couch at the farm a couple weeks ago, (laughs) said, I like rodeo, I don't love rodeo. And and that's a respect to the rodeo people. Like, you know what I mean? Like the Calgary Stampede final Sunday, that is a marathon, dude. That was a long day. Well, because they have two go-rounds, for those who are rodeo fans, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Those who qualified for Championship Sunday get basically a runoff, and then they cut the field down to four, and the top four come back, and... If there's a tie in any of the events, they might be on a third horse or even a fourth horse. I can recall years ago when uh, Steve Donham from Turner Valley and uh, a gentleman out of Balzac that was also in the bareback riding at that time managed to tie not only one but twice, and they finally shook hands and said, let's just I think I was the watching money. that. <laughs> they shared the check. Yeah. Well... So, to, well, from Nelson Hackowitz, one of our viewers, he says, I find myself watching more and more of the Cowboy Channel than I ever thought I would. Love a good rodeo. No, it's fantastic. But I do want to get around to hockey here. John Massey in Edmonton, he's a Riders fan, but he's an Oilers fan. He says, but I thought someone here said the Flames were the NHL's number one team in October. I did say that in October, and that's why we've had a seismic shift a month later. Neither the Orders nor the Flames are in the top five of the National Hockey League as far as this show is concerned today. But, Arnie, you've lived in this province your whole life. Pretty much. I was in Saskatchewan at CFSL in for a while. CKLN and Nelson, where I learned to do play-by-play of hockey. How about that? Did the Nelson Maple game. How about that? And there's a, a lot. But even they are talking about orders or flames. Flames 
Or Oilers. That's daily debate in Alberta. Right? And it's 1-1 with the uh, tiebreaker coming out just at the December 27th. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, did you win last night? Actually, I did Devils? not. Well, you watch all the Holmes games. I mean, I just wondered if you have a take on what's wrong with the Flames. Because here, all I heard, and I snickered at it somewhat, was, oh, they're changing the lines. They're changing the lines. I'm like, to quote my mom, that doesn't ha- add up to a tinker's dam. If they're not going to play hard and play smart. Yeah. And then they say, we got to get on the road. That's the analyst. I don't know that the Flames themselves were saying that, but they said, oh, that's eight straight at home. They got to get out on the road. They'll be fine. Well, the losings continued on the road. So I wonder what happens next. But in fairness to them, they have been in the games. They're not blowouts. They are there and maybe one penalty too many here or there, or maybe just a missed pass and, uh, you know, timing is everything in that game. It's like driving a car safely, timing and, uh, and location. And where are you at the right time is, is a factor in the game of hockey. And I think they're still trying to find themselves and where their teammates are or their line mates. Do you find that you interview Daryl after the games anymore? Like, are you in that media pool like you used to I be? I go to the scrum, yes. You do. Do you find, because Jay Woodcroft up in Edmonton, I'm still trying to get But I, uh, I think we're all getting used to him. But with Daryl, do you find when the Flames are winning, he's really hard on them? But when they're losing, he's not as hard on them? Do you know what I'm saying? From you, a media standpoint, yeah. we get the better quotes from Daryl when they're not winning or when they're having some struggles on ice and in front of the crowd because I appreciate his years of being in the game and his analysis from being on the bench and being with the players. He gets the feedback. He hears them whisper. He hears them talk. He hears them when they're mad. Um, and he knows when they're glad, too. So I, I appreciate Daryl's uh, calmness. When he comes back out, he doesn't shout and fly off the handle and start berating the guys. Has he it's ever? Just, I don't think he ever has. has he? I don't think he ever has either. Not in Los Angeles. Not when he was here before. Not when he was in Chicago. So, no, he's, he's the ultimate mentor, I think, because he believes in the guys. And he would never tell anybody, even if he was disappointed, that that's the way he feels. Let's just work on it and get everybody working together. He's a team sportsman. The, I don't know, guys. The viewers are saying that the connection's choppy. It's fine for me. I don't know. I'm just going to sit here and have a sports discussion with Arnie. I can't run the internet, too. So maybe, you know, I had a dream the other night that Daryl got fired, and it was just a, a dream. I think it might have been a nightmare more, because he's not going anywhere. He just um, signed another two-year contract. Right. But the fans... You can understand why they're so upset. But the one thing about this town, and that's why I asked where else you've lived, they get so high and then so low. It reminds me of Rough Riders fans. It's like, can you guys even it out a little bit? I don't think they're ever going to. Not at this stage of the game. Well, I think as sports fans, you learn to accept them all. Our Stampeders are not going anyplace now either. NBC proved that last weekend. And it'll be between Winnipeg and B.C. who gets to go to Saskatchewan, who is also not going to be represented at the final this year. So, you know, it's the ups and downs of sports. It's just like a commodity that you put on the counter and, whoops, and it sells well to start with. And then it tapers off. Maybe everybody's got one. I don't know. But uh, those are the ebbs and the waves that are in sports. And that's what sports is really all about is winning. And we hate that word, losing. 
And how do you manage it when you are losing? Yes. I guess this is my, is my point. And I guess if we sit here and say how great Daryl is, which we believe, and the Flames are a talented team, then you can't blame the fans for going. Then why aren't you winning? And I think to say that they're still gelling, which is what I would say. It was the first thing that popped into my mind. I'm like, they're still getting to know each other. But they got to start winning soon. You know? Well, they were up in the game the other night that I was watching. 3-1 and, uh, at uh, Islanders, yes. Yep, and it got away on them. So how do you conclude? What do you do in that third period to play kitty by the doors, the old uh, sports cliche goes, and ensure that you hold on to that? Well, the other team wants to win, too. Let's be honest. And there's two teams on the ice, both with the same goal in mind. Uh, yeah, by the way, I, saw, I heard the analysts saying that the Flames are a fragile team mentally, and I thought, uh, I'm not really buying that either. They're playing like it, but they shouldn't be because they're an older veteran team. Got to ask you this. Jeff, the Stamps fan, writes in, and he says, sounds like Bo will return to Calgary in a few years and reunite with the Stampeders as a coach. Yeah, but what's going to happen in between what's got everybody talking? With the Stamps out, Will they be following the rest of the CFL playoffs in Calgary, the fans, sports fans? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Football fans are football fans, just like hockey fans are. Um, You talked about Las Vegas being number one in the league, and gosh, I couldn't be happier. There's an expansion franchise uh, in the last decade, and look where they are. And hey, one of my favorites, Sean Burke, who played for Team Canada during the 1988 Winter Olympics here in Calgary, is the coaching coach. for Seattle uh, or for, for the Vegas, goaltending yeah. coach there. So Las Vegas has done lots of things right in organizing, and when they've made their changes, they haven't been dramatic enough to throw them off course. So uh, I, I think we could all learn something from how to introduce a new team to a new city, and possibly not what you'd call a hockey-based city and yet be successful. So congratulations to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Well, to be honest, I was one thinking that they weren't going to make the playoffs less this year. And let's remind ourselves, it's November <laughs> yes. 9th. They still might not, but they've won eight in a row, and they are the best team in the National Hockey League. And by the way, what we're going to do is uh, take a timeout. We'll come back with a sports update. As you said, introducing a new team to a new city. Well, there's expansion news in this country today. We'll talk about the breaking news that's come down and more with Arnie Jackson, and we will get to those rodeo stories as well. Mike Moore is coming up in hour two, the general manager of the Hitman, the Wranglers, and the Roughnecks. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Is it time to take your event online? Bring it to IKS Live. We've got a fully customized virtual event platform with remote guest support for your next fundraiser, talk show, conference, performance, and more. IKS Live offers live streaming to Facebook Live and YouTube and pre-recorded capabilities, both in our studio with green screen available and on location with pre-production and post-production services. Visit us at ikslive.ca. 
Universal Collision Center is Saskatchewan's premier auto body shop. Our extensive process ensures that every vehicle that comes through our state-of-the-art facilities is returned pre-accident condition and that every UCC customer experience is an easy one. We're certified to repair all makes, all models, and all luxury brands, and Universal Auto Spa offers full-service detailing packages to suit you and your vehicle. Plus, we're the official body shop of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Universal Collision Center, 3910 Rochdale Boulevard and 2355 First Avenue in Regina. That's a wrap on summer, everyone. Things are about to get back to busy. Work, school, errands, they're all coming back. That's why we make buying easy at Capital Ford Lincoln. We have a great selection of brand new F-150s in stock. Drive it off the lot today. Reserve an incoming unit or pre-order the perfect vehicle for you. And make some cold hard cash by selling us your used vehicle. We pay big and you can skip the hassle of selling privately. Plus, our service department is always here to help with any maker model. Capital Ford Lincoln, making back to busy easy. Easy snacking all around. Something everyone can love. Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Experts in all residential and commercial plumbing services and proudly serving Regina and area since 1978. Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. We'll treat you right. Here's how your business can be a part of Canada's fastest-growing sports talk show. All you have to do is contact us, and we will tell you all about the dynamic and exciting marketing opportunities we have, utilizing a fully integrated 360-degree multi-platform. Imagine your business seen and heard across Canada on Game Plus TV and around the world on the Rod Peterson Digital Network. You will use one of the most overused expressions in sports. you got to be kidding me. Get your business involved. Contact the Rod Peterson Show today. It is Sports Talk in the Daytime, Game Plus TV and WQEE Radio. Before we uh, pick up more with our good friend Arnie Jackson, the OG of uh, broadcasters as far as I'm concerned out here in Western Canada. WHL last night in Winnipeg billed as a matchup of the Western Hockey League's top heavyweights. The Winnipeg Ice knocked off the Red Deer Rebels 3-1 at Wayne Fleming Arena. They'll do it again tonight. Play, that is. We'll see who wins in Moose Jaw. Saskatchewan. Maximus Wanner scored twice as the Warriors down the Edmonton Oil Kings 7-2. Edmonton's at Regina tonight and in Medicine Hat. The Prince Albert Raiders spotted the Medicine Hat Tigers the first goal, then stormed back with three unanswered to record a 3-1 win. And halfway through the 2022 season, it appears NFL defenses have finally 
started catching up to the league's high-octane offenses. Scoring is down to its lowest level in more than a decade. The 21.8 points per game average through nine weeks is the lowest at this stage of the season since 2010. This sports update for Edo Japan. From hand-rolled sushi to bento box meals made with their famous teriyaki sauce, Edo Japan's menu has something for everyone. Arnie Jackson with us, most famous for rodeo and chuck wagon announcing, but he's covered it all, including the Stampeders. And somebody just wrote into our website, rodpeterson.com, and said, Arnie, how come the Rough Riders couldn't have given a proper send-off to Cody Fajardo, a passing of the torch like has happened in Calgary with Bo Levi Mitchell to Jake Mayer? What's the sense in this town, sports-wise, that Bo's time is up after all the great things he's done for the horsemen? Well, a decade here. He became a household name, even if you're a casual uh, fan of the sport of football. And as a result, I think even the sympathetic would say, did he get a fair goodbye? I mean, we all age out of all of the things that we do at one time or another. And I think he recognized that it was time to bring somebody up. And if he can help groom the newer quarterbacks and the newer players and the wide receivers and everybody else on the team, I think he could be a mentor for days to come. But, of course, no word right now what he'll do. And maybe in his heart he still thinks, I can play another year. And why not? Maybe two or three years. I think that's what he wants Somebody to Somebody needs him. And I think he's still in good enough condition physically and mentally to be an alert quarterback for another team, maybe in the CFL, because he knows the game so well now. I'll tell you what, when you get shown the door after spending a long time in one place where you've given everything you have, you don't want your story to end that way. And I don't even know Bo personally, but I know enough to know his story ain't over. So it's certainly very interesting to bear watching. Now, Arnie's like a fountain of exuberance you see it with a smile on his face (laughs) but forget about what's going on in sports right now i think we've covered all of it the olympics in 88 you think that the olympics should come back to calgary maybe that's what it will take to get a new arena here can you tell our viewers what you were just and we're on the radio in atlanta they know what the olympics are all about down there and all across this country too you got a plan arnie Greatest time in my sports broadcasting career, the 88 Winter Olympics, and the years leading up to it. So I know that we start talking about the hundreds of millions of dollars that it takes to make it happen. But let's not forget, the games are not for just two weeks. They are for the years leading up to it. We had pre-Olympics the year before in 1987. You start formulating the different... Uh, tournaments. I had the privilege of being the voice to Team Canada. As we talked about earlier, Sean Burke and Greg, part of Team Canada for the 88 games. But many people were getting excited by play by play and traveled around with the team. Can we get back to that? There's only one of three letters in the word yes. Um, why not? Vancouver has recently determined that it's not the right time. We don't have to build all the facilities. We have a beautiful speed skating oval. We do have the hills close. Lake Louise for the giant slalom. Canmore, phenomenal. Still world-class cross-country skiing there. Let's get the Lusion bombsleigh going. Let's start training people here. Hey, the Olympics aren't about just the two weeks. It's all that time. Calgary could be the permanent North American host when the games come every 
whatever it is, 12 years or uh, eight years, whatever that rotation would be, and they would keep the conditions uh, up to speed all year round because the athletes would come. What a great boon for the city of Calgary. And here's a thought. If you train in Calgary at 3,500 feet and you can breathe properly and you can be at a competitive level, you can compete anywhere in the world. This would be the permanent Olympic North American home because of its altitude, because of its uh, atmosphere, and because of the facilities. There is your sales pitch for the uh, World Olympic Committee, the International Olympic Committee. There you go. But I see that those that are watching on YouTube right now uh, have exploded into a Yellowstone discussion because the next season five is coming out next week, and they're all saying who their favorite character is. Living in Calgary, and let's remember, I did for college. I lived out here. But it's like Yellowstone every single day, which is awesome if you like Western culture, which clearly you do, Ernie. But let's tell our viewers, I hate to be that guy sitting around talking about the old days, but we used to have a national hockey program, men's program, that would travel around and play exhibition games. Dave King? Must have been the greatest. I mean, I remember it. I watched them playing, but tell the young people watching that, that that was a thing. We don't do it anymore. No question. And he was an outstanding coach, first of all, from your province, Saskatchewan. He was in in Saskatoon at the university. And that mentoring, that's maybe why he didn't have great success when he was the head coach of the Calgary Flames, because he's so much of a teacher, so much of a... I learned more about the game from Dave King than probably any other broadcaster, because I got to sit on the bus with him and hear his perspective on why they did things. And all of a sudden, you start to realize there's more to the game from the coaching standpoint than there is from the fans because it's not all raw, raw, raw. And uh, there's personalities in there and everything else that you have to deal with. Injuries and uh, family events, personal events that sometimes can be tragedies that come into everybody's lives at different times. And yet, Dave King had that unique quality of being able to deal with them all one-on-one i think everybody felt like he was their coach i just try to refresh my memory were the flames a talented team when dave king took over and the reason i ask that is there's a lot of great coaches in junior and even let's say minor pro that get up to the nhl but they're coaching a terrible team lauren mulliken's a great example of that with the chicago blackhawks they were a bad team when lauren got in there and took over chicago how were the flames when dave king took over Talent-wise. You know that word, rebuilding. Yeah, well, that's, they were not, on their fair way back up, that's not fair to Dave. But uh, he came in, and but he thought was needed at that time, but he couldn't go beyond that, and that's when his time was up. He had to move on. We had some great coaches here. Pierre Paget was one. Bob Johnson, when he first came, liked it so well, he came back for a second time after leaving for a couple of years. So uh, we had a great history of, of individuals that believed in the game, understood it from a different perspective. And I think the challenge for whomever is the general manager of the hockey team is to make sure that the right pieces are in that jigsaw puzzle. And that includes the coach, the assistant coaching staff that support uh, everybody else that they have to oversee. Make sure they're there at the right time. In 60 seconds, it's a favorite topic that comes up every day. I just want to ask you, in this town, it comes up every day, will there be a new arena for the Flames? And then off that, will there be a new stadium for the Stampeders? 
I think the Stampeder Stadium is further down the road, and that's unfortunate. I'd love to see a facility much like Regina has managed to put together for all of Saskatchewan and for all of Western Canada to to admire. Um, and maybe the Olympics is the impetus we need to push that new uh, football stadium because you need the opening and closing ceremonies in a massive facility. Let's do one that at least has a portable roof that can cover it. I know how much the Stampeders have enjoyed uh, through this brief winter break uh, practicing in a bubble that is there for soccer and indoor tennis and whatever. We have to do that. That's part of the the geography of being in Calgary. We need a facility like that. So there again, I'm Trying to sell the yes, but that might be a reason why you push it a little bit quicker and get them a facility. You have it for the opening and closing ceremonies. It could be year, uh, year round, indoor track meets. Uh, we could get a major team in baseball back again. We used to have the Vipers, and before that, the Cannons. Uh, yeah. yeah. What a great sports could, city. Uh, aluminum you- seats that are collapsible can do amazing things. With Calgary wanting all the convention <laughs> facilities, you could build that uh, football stadium and use the seats to fold up and use it for convention arena oh, time, too. To... Let's get it going 12 months of the year, not 12 days. This guy needs to be in charge, spearheading the movement. Viewer takeover next. Your questions for Arnie and me, and maybe we'll recap this CFR, too. Mike Moore coming up live in Hour 2 from the Great Eagle Stage Bar. We're live on Game Plus TV YouTube, and on your southern home of sports and talk, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. One more time with Arnie Jackson. By the way, we do have breaking news. I'll get into more of it in hour two. But the Canadian Elite Basketball League, Canada's official first division pro league, partner of Canada Basketball, announced today it's expanding to Winnipeg for the 2023 season. They're coming to Calgary, moving the Guelph Nighthawks here. They're going to be known as the Calgary Surge. We'll talk about that more next hour. And the Canadian Football League welcoming Tegan Littlechief for singing O Canada ahead of the 109th breakup on Sunday. November 20th, she's a good friend of all of ours, the recording artist from White Bear First Nations of Treaty 4, located north of Carlisle, Sask, is set to perform the national anthem in Cree, English, and French. So kudos to you, Tegan. I know you're going to rock it. We can wind up all of the rodeo chat with Arnie by looking ahead to the national finals rodeo in Las Vegas. Arnie, your eyes lit up. You're obviously going. Thursday, December the 1st, 10 days, just like the Calgary Stampede, 10 great days, uh, no double performances, so it runs from the Thursday until the following Saturday, and they're all evening performances, they'll all be televised. You talked about the Cowboys Channel, and that, yes, every performance of the NFR. Some Canadians of note, three-time Calgary Stampede champion, now three-time Canadian champion, and I speak of uh, Zeke Thurston of Big Valley, Alberta, and his dad, uh, Skeeter, a great bronc rider, but never won three world titles, and his son has a chance to do that this year as he heads down to Las Vegas for the national finals. Hot off another Canadian championship just last Sunday. Now, a couple of others of note. You're from Saskatchewan more recently. Ty Tapotat out of Regina in that area. Rodeoed for a long time. He finally won 
A bareback championship now living at Natton. I don't know if there's a connection there, but uh, going up to Red Deer, he was rested up and uh, he was hot all week long. So congratulations to Ty Tapotat. Bull riding. Also from Saskatchewan, Maple Creek, Saskatchewan. As a matter of fact, Jared Parsonage, and uh, he's your new bull riding champion. Steer wrestling, Scott Gunther, who has been to the NFR but is not going this year and probably won't go anymore because he's adjusting to family life. Yes, he's raising some kids and, and staying close to home is important. Calf roping, the only American to win a Canadian title is this year. Is it a tie-down roping now? Ty Harris? Yes. Oh, you can call it that if you want. That's a political title for it. The real event is called calf I agree. <laughs> I agree. It was my favorite, but continue. And ladies barrel racing, Taylor Manning, she's been there for five years. She turned 18 this year, so now she can go wherever to celebrate. And uh, that was her uh, trip to the Canadian finals in Red Deer this year, winning it all. Breakaway roping, and that's a new event only in its second year, and it's also going to be part of the National Finals Rodeo this year. And our breakaway roper was Kendall Pearson from Wardlow, Alberta. Team roping went to Dawson and Dylan Graham, the brothers, and the men's all-around title to Wyatt Hayes, and the women's all-around title to Kylie Whiteside. Whiteside. So there's a wrap-up on our recent Canadian finals in Red Deer where the Rebels play hockey. And a number of them heading south now, Las Vegas, and they'll get down there and do some well, practicing and adjust to the different climate and everything else. And uh, we look forward to cheering for about 10 Canadians at NFR. Well, a record. But by the way, a lot of NHL questions coming in that we'll push into next hour yes. when Mike Moore joins us. But um, these rodeos that I go to, I asked you about Cody Snyder's bull busting here. Yes. The Stampede at GM Stadium, the Red Deer Center, they're bursting at the walls with people attending, right? Has it always been that way, or is that just No, it hasn't. And when it was at Northlands in Edmonton, the first few nights we'd have under 10,000. It took till probably Saturday night to get a sellout at the old Northlands Coliseum, and then Sunday afternoon it tapered off again. Maybe that's why they moved it from a 2 o'clock start up to noon, thinking they might do better if people could still get home that night and get back to their chores. Because it's working in Red Deer. They didn't have many sellouts on a final Sunday afternoon. It was more a Saturday night up there. Arnie, you are a rock star. I appreciate you. I always thank you. have. But thank you for coming down. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time when we're in rodeo town. Rodeo rock star. The rodeo rock star. <laughs> the first. Go. The OG. Um, hey, all these questions that come in, they want to talk about Gary Bettman in Winnipeg. They want to talk about the resurgence of Carter Hot in the Philly Flyers. We'll get into some dub talk, the Apple, NLL, all kinds of things. And thank you, Arnie, for the program. He brought this from the CFR. Yes, he knows the CFR. He knows that I am a nerd for these kinds of things. We'll see you after this break on Game Plus TV and WQEE Radio. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.